Welcome to another Restoration Church Life podcast. This episode is brought to you by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one of whom was set upon the holy hill in Zion and is ruling the nations, Jesus the Christ. This podcast is brought to you by him. Restoration Church Life podcast, just to remind all of you, Restoration Church Life peoples, why we exist. Restoration Church Live podcast exists to inform and inspire the community of Restoration Church as to what's going on and how you might help in the work of making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. And so today I have a few guests, as all of these podcasts are going to do. It's now we're turning the microphone on all of you, Restoration Church, and your community. And so today I have with me a couple special guests, two of whom you may not hear distinct their, their distinct voices. The first one is the one, the only, Adley Bechtel. Hello, Adley. Adley, what do you like to do in this room? Say hello. Okay, she's not talking. <laughs> and the other one you'll definitely not hear with, except maybe a little squiggle and a cry, a little bit. Her shirt says Snuggle Bunny. That is Nora Bechtel. She's on the floor. But uh, those are our distinguished guests. Our other less distinguished guests are Matt Callhup. Did I say that right? <laughs> By the way, Adley just dumped all the plastic vegetables on the floor. Thank you, Lord. Uh, did I say your last name right? It was close. Colehep. Colehep. Matt Colehep. And I have also Sarah Bechtel. Hello. And Owen Bechtel. Hello. And what do you guys do for a living? Other, well, Sarah, you do a lot of things for a living. But uh, <laughs> what, does, uh, what do you guys do for a living? What are we talking about today? We're talking about campus outreach. We're talking about campus outreach at American University. There's some more. If you heard that, there's some more plastic vegetables that just went on the floor. Okay. So, guys, let me give you guys a few facts about American University that maybe you didn't even know, even oh, though y'all work man, there. Here we go. I have gone to the internet and I have found all the important information. Did you know that this university right next to us is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number 79 school of all schools in the United States of America? Number 79. I don't know what that. I don't know if that is good or bad, but anyway, there it is. Uh, the total undergrad. How much? How many students do you think they have, Owen? Seven thousand undergrad. Seven thousand. How many do you think it is? I think. I think eight thousand. Eight thousand. Eight thousand two hundred. Ooh, I, you know what? I think it's 8,200 is the specific yeah. number. You win, Matt Cullip. Uh 8,000 undergrad, and there are 3,000 graduate students at American University. Hmm. Uh, the, t the tuition for a year is, do you know what that is? 60 uh, 50, grand. 50 something? Oh, just the tuition? tuition? Yeah, yeah, tuition. Oh, probably... 52,000. Man, Matt is so close. He is on $51,334. Oh, <laughs> 51 grand. All right, it was founded. Do you know when it was founded? I don't. No. Oh, come on. Uh, come on, Matt. You're doing so good. I'm going to say, I think it's, it's in the 1900s. 1957. <clears throat> Way off. 1893. Really? That old? 1893, and it is affiliated with? Methodism. The United Methodist Church. 62% women. 38% men. Yes. We can talk about that. Uh, did you know that almost half of the enrollment is non-white peoples? So 51% is sort of folks that look like me. And about half the school is people that don't look like me. In particular, 16% of the school 
is international students. Did y'all know that? And 100% are from New Jersey, Lexi's hometown. <laughs> <laughs> there, that was Adley. And Lexi is not here, so we feel free to make fun of Lexi all we want. Okay, uh, we're almost done. Uh, they're common majors. Uh, School of International Service, that's probably the most common. Business, another one. Uh, CBS News, here's the one. Uh, hang on. Yeah, so it's got 84 acres. American University does. 84 yeah. acres. That's what, well, that's what the website said. The, and the internet is always right. We know that. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So here's the one that y'all probably didn't know. So I searched the most, quote unquote, there's a lot of political language in this, but nevertheless, the most liberal college in the United States of America. CBS News ranked the top 50 liberal colleges in the United States of America. And American University was in that list. What do you think it was in top 50? In the top it made the top 50. It has to be in the top five. I really think it's number nine. Number nine? I'd say three. Four. Owen Bechtel is right. <laughs> liberal. No, no. Number three. Number one in our hearts. What's number one. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of schools I don't know. So, so in comparison, they also rank the most conservative schools. So just to give you an idea, who's the sort of opposite end of the spectrum? Liberty University. Liberty. Number three. So they're number three. We do a beach project with. Every single year. We can talk about it. two ends together. All right. Okay, so guys, so let's uh, let's start off by just talking about what campus outreach is. So who, Owen, do you want to answer that question? Sure. So first off, why don't you tell them your sort of role? Mm -hmm. You're like the head honcho of campus outreach. <laughs> you are the pope of campus outreach. <laughs> uh, we have to kiss the your pope. ring uh, every single morning. We, you talk about kissing the sun. Yeah. Matt comes in and kisses the <laughs> ring of Owen in the morning when he starts his job. So what's your job and what is campus That's outreach? That's a great job. Um, I am the campus director, so uh, we have a team of Sarah, Matt, and Lexi, and I just oversee the general ministry. What do we do? Well, I was meeting with a guy today who knows Matt a little bit, and he goes, does Matt do anything besides play spike ball? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, kind of. Uh, so campus outreach, so we are a interdenominational Christian ministry, which means that Students of all different faith, uh, Protestant backgrounds are in our ministry. We are not just a Baptist ministry, though most of our students do go to AU or go to Restoration. And um, our ministry, I think the best way, because you probably, probably know what college ministries are. I think for us, the two big distinctives are that we are very passionate about the church, um, the local church. And with that being Restoration is the church that we are out of. We are very passionate about connecting students to the church and the members, and the elders, which you guys have probably know that if you've been around. And I'd say the second biggest distinctive is that we are very passionate about reaching the truly spiritually lost. Um, and so you'll find in our Bible studies, people from all different faith backgrounds, um, you'll see us oftentimes meeting with people who are atheist or Jewish or agnostic. Um, we, we, do, we do have plenty of things for people who are coming from a Christian background or who are spiritually interested, but a lot of our time is dedicated to those who would just not come to a Bible study if it was on a flyer in their dorm, or they would not just go to church. So this might be a little different than say, not that there's anything wrong with these other ministries, but like there might be a little bit different between another ministry that's sort of focusing on kind of gathering yeah. all the Christians. This is more focused on uh -huh. one, we're trying to reach those that are far from God. Uh -huh. And two, you're trying to be meaningfully connected to a local church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, Matt, why don't you tell us, brother, since we walked through, you know, I basically said everything you need to know about American University, but maybe you can give us a more personalized experience. Tell me what's an average student that you run into? What are they like? 
You know, what what are they what do they like constitutionally? What are their interests? What do they like to do? Like, you know, give give our listeners some uh, insight into what these people you're talking to are like. It's a good question. Um, yes. What are the students like? I would say we talked about how the campus is very liberal, but in my experience, I would say the majority of the students are pretty apathetic toward spiritual things. So they just don't really care that much. And they would just think that religion and faith has nothing really to offer them. And they want to live their life their own way. They want to whatever, they each have their own interest. So AU probably specializes in international politics slash activism. That's probably the largest thing you see, but there's still, you know, business students, people are doing communications or whatever. There's a lot of, you know, science. So there's still that, but the emphasis is definitely on the political um, sphere. But yeah, I think most students that you meet would be apathetic or, yeah, and also just wouldn't Think about kind apathetic of apathetic towards spiritual things. Towards spiritual things, yeah. and and probably wouldn't think much. Not of, apathetic towards all kinds of more maybe political yeah. activist stuff. Yeah, they care. They'll care about. They're pretty driven toward whatever thing they're aiming at. Okay. Um, but I, I do think that I've experienced like um, just a simple question like why do you why are you going after this career or not? Most people haven't really thought about even that. Um, and so even though they have these really large goals, even based on some large fundamental like equality or freedom, they probably haven't actually thought about what that actually means. Um, so I've just seen there's a lot of opportunity to talk to students about, about faith and think about what actually matters in life. So, so they're thinking about big things. Can I add something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, you don't have to ask. Oh. On this, on Restoration Church Life podcast. We're, ca- we're keeping it casual. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say to just to add on when you think about spiritual things with what Matt was talking about, it's almost that the campus is like so postmodern almost that, you know, like, well, uh, don't ask me to describe that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But instead of, instead of, yeah, universal truth that it's um, like, instead of, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard Jesus has died for my sins, blah, blah, blah. Like get over it. Nobody, we we talk about Jesus and it's like tell me more about him I haven't heard much about him or thought much about him in any way so it's he's almost interesting in the sense that they haven't thought about about him at all you know does it make sense so it's not that they're hateful or you know militant or opposed yeah it's just just, yeah like grand apathy yeah Mm -hmm. I think like what I was most surprised by AU is like people aren't really offended when I talk about hard truths of the Bible or Jesus with them because uh, are we still recording? Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. People aren't offended because kind of what Sarah and Matt were kind of hinting at is like whatever fits your happiness or your life, that's great. You know? So it's like people are so, you know, like what they think is tolerant of other people that they will not judge anybody for anything. And so, um, it's, I find that nobody is almost like offended at all because they're just like, oh, obviously whatever he's saying is just his truth. Yeah. And uh, when I worked at GW, it was, it was very different. People would be very offended by what we believed. But here it's almost like, oh yeah, you obviously just have your thing and I have my thing. And obviously we're never gonna like try to persuade each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's so that weird. It communicates a difference between GW's campus. How long were you on the campus of GW doing the work yeah. of CO? As a, as a student and a staff, seven years total. And Matt, you were on the campus of Georgetown. For four yeah. years. For four and then years. I've been on AU's campus for a year and a half. So you're saying that on GW's campus, it was more kind of... Yeah. Like 
what, what I think what I think, you think what you think, yes. and that's not okay. We Whereas a, here, it's more like sort of whatever. We face a lot of hostility, I think, at GW. Whereas I think at AU, we, we do face a little bit, but it's more so just like... Like, I've heard people say to me that I meet with, like, oh, yeah, Owen, I know you're not trying to convince me to believe what you believe. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually exactly what I'm here to do. <laughs> but, like, that's, a, like, that's just the entire spirit of AU. You yeah. just do whatever you think is right. Any differences between Georgetown and AU? Similarities? Differences? Basically the same? Uh, I mean, you, Georgetown is obviously much more is a Jesuit Catholic school. More people who would, who would talk about... Faith and are, are probably a little bit more intellectual. They would they would uh, talk to you on an intellectual level, and they would, um, but not a lot of opposition. I would probably say even less opposition than AU because people they generally sympathize and they understand. Like a lot of them are at least Catholic, so they're like yeah. we should at least think about God and yeah. yeah yeah yeah. They all have to take a class at Georgetown. You could explain it better than me, but can you talk about that? The freshman year class about the Georgetown, problem, the problem of God. Yeah, so everybody at Georgetown has to take two theology classes. The first one has to either be biblical literature, where they teach you that the Bible is not literal. This is how you can read it in a way that fits all of your worldview. Pretty much, that's the way they would teach it. It's kind of like snake oil. Here's, let me teach you how the Bible to kind of use it however you want to use it yeah, kind of thing. That's the, or you take Problem of God, which is you look more at... It sounds a little bit frightening than, than it is, but it just really is talking about kind of philosophically, how do we think about God? How do we think okay. about okay. all religions and things like that? Yeah. So, so that is definitely not happening at AU. No. That is not happening at no. AU, yeah. So people yeah. will not will, will, will not have thought of these questions probably as naturally. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it starts at a kind of an earlier level. Whereas I think Georgetown, most people have like at least thought of it or they have some sort of thing that's scratching the itch a little bit. Yeah. Where we meet people like, uh -huh. ah, I never would have thought about it, but now that I meet you, like we'll talk about it. Okay. It gets yeah. more common. Yeah. Good. So, all right. So Sarah, share with us a little bit. So we've kind of talked about the average student. So let's get a little bit more specific. So when you do begin to talk about Jesus, talk about gospel, those kinds of things, these guys have talked about it a little bit, but uh, how do they respond when you begin to get more specific about matters of the gospel and the like? Anything other than, you know, that sort of good for you kind of thing? Do you find that there's a climate for people that are actually interested or most just not interested? Any words? I guess we kind of think in, you know, different categories. Um, some people certainly have come from Christian backgrounds. So we typically, if we meet them and they're interested, we, we want to take a long time with them looking at the life of Jesus, uh, going through the gospel and like things like Romans or even Romans 6.23. Like we want to make sure the gospel is super clear, you know, have you place your faith in Jesus or what do you see that you're tempted to place your faith in you know we we want to take a long time before I mean we can call them Christians I mean yeah or or if they're they're wanting to join the church or something so like that you, tell me some examples of how you got to them so Matt is playing spike ball yes are you with Nora on your chest right now yeah to play spike ball. what are you doing no. how do you, yeah how do you meet these girls um well uh, one, uh, two girls that I've really enjoyed getting to know are Lauren and Ivy, and they showed up because they were here during the pandemic and they saw everybody meeting outside oh, wow. at the church. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, sort of like the runners group out here. Right? Yeah, just right people deciding to exercise <laughs> on the front yard. But yeah, um, so I met those two girls that way. Um, you know, uh, 
Was that a situation where somebody at church said, hey, you're an AU student, you should go talk to Sarah? Uh, I think I identified them pretty immediately. They were sitting in front of us, and I was like, they've got to be athletes. Like, we just... We have a keen eye. We got... We just... We, it is a radar. It absolutely is. But, yeah. Um... But then there's um, the way I meet other girls like uh, Owen and I for a long time were on the um, Frisbee team, um, honorary members of the Frisbee team, because it was the perfect environment of. Wow. Um, (laughs) At least working on being a pitcher. But um, yeah, um, it was the perfect environment of super inclusive, super welcoming. Everybody come out. We're all here because we love Frisbee. And it was great exercise for Owen and I, and we got to meet a lot of friends that way. And those were those people who were on the frisbee team were certainly not culturally Christian, or um, so for them their responses were kind of like how we talked about before, like you know um, that's cool what you believe. And but it, I think the hardest thing wasn't to talk about the gospel once. It was to be able to bring it up repeatedly. Does it make sense? So instead of, like, I would have these great, really deep conversations about their worldview and how I, you know, how can I trust God and how do I read the Bible? And we would have these great conversations, like this one or two maybe great conversations. But because they're not immediately intrigued or wanting to follow Jesus or have all these questions. It's like, how do, how do I meet with you again? You know, how do I bring up these deep things again? And, you know, that would be one of the more difficult things to do. Yes. Yeah. Not to have one good conversation, but regularly. And yeah, how do I continue to grow this friendship where we trust each other, but also I'm, I'm giving you truth. So, all right. So Matt is playing spike ball, right? Owen and Sarah, you guys are throwing Frisbees. You also help with move-in and that sort of thing when people move in. And as you meet them, it's not uncommon to have a conversation with the gospel about the gospel, but it's difficult to kind of have the second or the third or the fourth. And so uh, share. So that would be a difficult thing. So guys, uh, Owen and Matt, share with us another aspect of college ministry that's hard. Yeah. <clears throat> Owen, you ready? I think this goes well with what Sarah's saying. If they do agree to meet up with us one-on-one, it's a whole other story for them to go to church, go to a Bible study. It's like we found that people are very, very open to like a one-on-one, let's read the Bible and talk, you know. Um, not Maybe not as common as some places, but like, yeah, we could probably all hear name 10 to 20 people over the past two years we've read the Bible with one-on-one multiple times. But I because they're generally still have low spiritual interests because they generally just have so many other things going on. It's like, they will not take time to like go to church, right? It's like pulling teeth to get people to do anything besides like 30 minutes of Bible once a week. Like I literally met with a guy and I was, we were, we were very honest with each other. We met for a long time. I was like, why won't you come to church? Just tell me why you won't come to church. He was like, Owen, like my grandma just wants me to do something each week. And so I get to tell her that I meet with you and I just get to meet with you for 20 or 30 minutes. Like he was so, he was so blunt, like literally so his grandma would feel better about him, you know? Um, Like we'll we'll just see that. Um, Anything that's like even a little bit outside their comfort zone is like not something they want to do. And so they probably don't have friends who have spiritual interests. So to go to a church like by themselves where they know just one of the staff is like pretty uncomfortable, you know? And so there's, it's, it's really hard to get people unless they have a high spiritual interest to do these things, but 
90% of people that we interact with don't have a high spiritual interest. They have a little bit. So these, yeah. these folks are, as sort of Sarah talked about this, like just difficult to move them along, to kind yes. of get them onto the yes. next sort of area of commitment. Matt, what about you? Difficult parts of doing ministry on AU's campus. Yeah, something I've been reflecting on, thinking about if I want to do college ministry long-term is the fact that in some ways we're doing normal things, evangelism and discipleship, but in other ways we're actually doing it at like a very unnatural pace. I don't think there's any other circumstance that you would do it at this pace. Yeah. Um, you basically think you get, you get them for four years, maybe. You get them for four years. Three and a half. Owen, think about how many people a normal church member would probably meet in a day. You know, during COVID, it's like zero. Now, you know, you probably meet a couple, maybe maybe one or two people a day. Right. Owen, after I kiss kiss his finger and get, <laughs> he tells me, Matt, go go meet twenty people. Uh, but I'm I have to go meet twenty people, and uh, especially at the beginning of the semester, uh, we're kind of the idea is like all the rocks are above ground, and they're soon they're going to settle into the cracks, and we're trying to get into all those cracks with people, yep. and so. We're meeting all these people who we're talking, we're thinking about like so many people um, casting a really, really broad net. And it's, and uh, so I think it's unnatural in some ways. I wouldn't imagine myself doing this normally in like a normal job. So the, the intensity of the timeline. It's, it takes a certain person to do it long term, I would say. Um, Cause you just have that cycle of folks coming in and out. Yeah. In and out, um, you have to, not be hardened toward people. You have to always be loving, but at the same time, you have to realize like you're going to meet a lot of people that you'll maybe maybe never will see again, or will never like read the Bible with you. It's a little bit hard to grasp, and a little bit hard to to stay on, to still be loving, to still be bold, to still think that oh, I just played spike ball with these guys. That's worth it, you know. Um, so I think keeping that balance when the pace is just so hectic, especially at the beginning. And just every year, I mean, we're meeting a lot of people every year, hundreds, you know, yeah. so. All right, well, let's, uh, let's do this. Share with us any fun stories before I get, you know, uh, into the more, I've got two more questions for you, but any, any fun stories uh, of your experiences? It doesn't even have to be at AU. Who's just doing college ministry? Fun. The answer is no. Yeah. You have one? Or like fun or encouraging? Encouraging. Let's do encouraging. Me and Nathan's word of the week is encouraging. <laughs> Inside joke. Come talk to me at church. Uh, yeah. There There's go. a lot of... I was just telling Nathan some encouraging stories. Um, I was telling the story of this girl, Ellen, who uh, she... When we met her, she was like... She, you could probably explain a little better, but she was like a mess spiritually. Like she was, she was not a Christian. She was a nominal Methodist. She was part of the Methodist group at AU. And just had some serious questions about God and suffering and evil that were not being answered. And it was like kind of driving her to despair. And um, we just started meeting with her. She was coming to our events. She started going to actually a good church uh, in, in Maryland that a family friend went to. And um, just over a period of time, just like came to be a Christian. And I was telling Nathan this crazy story a little bit ago about how she was a part of the Methodist group as a member. But then when she like became a Christian. It was like, she started to see that as like a place where she could really like share her faith and like try to make disciples. And she was asked to actually lead like a, a weekly meeting for the Methodist group. And I had just taught on Romans five the week before, and she decided to go teach Romans five <laughs> in the Methodist weekly meeting. She exposited about Jesus 
you know, coming and dying for sins, like the <laughs> the weak, like when we were when we were weak, yeah. he came and like died for the ungodly. And I was like, wow, like when we met her, she was such a mess, and now she's like fiercely teaching the gospel to these people. And uh, that's that's such a. It's, I think that's fun because it's like, it's a win, man. wow, that's a win. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm just gonna make this story more encouraging. Is uh, I had spent all her sophomore year reading the Bible with her. Um, I mean, Romans, Colossians, Philippians. Like, um, we just read so much together. Um, and she asked me. She left for the summer to a girls' camp in Maine, where she had like no internet no nothing no church and she asked me what she should read and i was like oh well we'll think about john and mark like you know just read some of the gospels to get to know jesus and it was within that summer reading through the gospels that she became a christian without talking to me like you know so that i was just really thankful for god to show me you know you lay down the seeds and you can plant but it's god God, god who gives the growth so that was the perfect I don't know, encouragement to me that God and will be working. Matt, tell us about a brother that uh, a lot of folks in our church saw, spent some time with. Yeah, I, I thought immediately of Carter, who you're talking about. And Carter came around last year, fall, so this is fall 2020. He was a freshman. It was during COVID. So no, there's no campus life. He just came to live in D.C., um, and met him. I remember the first time I met him, we met up in Georgetown and I, I was like there early and just this guy's car broke down and I was like helping him and I ended up being late to the to the meeting and it was like this crazy um, interaction with him. And I remember thinking at that point, like, wow, I feel like I'm actually on campus. Anyway, that was like the fall. So this is like when we weren't doing much. Um, so then we start meeting up regularly, but I think one Bible study stands up in particular where Owen and I met with him, and the day before, I just really was realizing, like, this is it. I remember actually being struck with, like, today is the day of salvation. Like, that's what I actually thought. I, it was a very, and I was, like, praying specifically, what passage should I actually, um, and we're not a charismatic ministry, but I, I, like, was really like, wow, this, I could see that he was living by the law, and he needed to hear the gospel, and he thought that he, he could live by just trying to be moral, and he needed to hear about Christ. So we went to Romans 1. 16 to 17, we were like talking about the passage. And then we get to the line which says, the righteous shall live by faith. And he literally turns to me and Owen and says, that's weird. I would have, I understand that we're, we're saved by Jesus, by faith, but I, I would have thought that the righteous would live by the law. He literally, that's what he actually said. That's crazy. Like that's the same story of Martin Luther. Like literally the same verse. Crazy, right? And, um, and so then we start, Owen brings out John 6 or something. Yeah, yeah. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Mm. And that we pass from judgment until... Oh, John yeah. 5. That John 5. Yeah, we went to few. Yeah. yeah. He is not we, coming to judgment. Passing, yeah. And basically how it's a, it's a finished work, and we trust once and for all in what Christ has done. And the day didn't... It was like raining. The when it first started, we were like... <laughs> and, uh, and, and then we get... And we, when we start telling him this, literally his face changed. Oh, yeah. Like you could, I, I thought I saw like a burden, literally a burden lift lift off of his shoulders, and he even said like, I feel like a burden has lifted. But I knew about it before he even said it. Like a burden has lifted from my shoulders. I can know. This is what he said. I can know that I'm forgiven. Um, I almost cried right there, and he was like a little bit emotional. And then anyway, it that that was all the way back in September, 
And that ended up leading to a very like close discipling relationship where I've seen him grow a lot. And he actually did transfer to UGA, but he's like, text, he's, I've been talking to him over the phone and he's like, I'm, my biggest thing is I want to get baptized. He's going to a great church in, near, his, near his school and um, he's getting baptized, becoming a member. So that was a really sweet thing that happened over the yeah, last he year. Was, yeah. He was in our CG regularly, every week. He, was coming to, he would come on Sunday mornings and come Sunday afternoons. He texted me his first week there. I think I told you that. You know, saying that he was going to church at, uh, I think it was that Treasuring Christ Church in, in uh, Athens. Yeah. Anyway, so those are just some stories. We could tell, right, a dozen or more stories as to what's going on. But we've talked about the things that are hard. We've talked about the average student. Uh, two more questions for you. Uh, what does an average week look like? Right? So, you know, some people think, right, at Restoration Church, like you guys get paid to be Christians, right? And so you just wake up and you just go out and play spike ball all day. And then, you know, you try to tell somebody the gospel and you go to sleep and wake up and do the same thing the next day. So what does it look like? What does it look like to do ministry? What, is your, what does your week look like? Oh, it's a little challenging to answer that because different. No two weeks look the same. No two, like September is, could not be more different than like April for us. Like so different. Students are coming the, on yeah. campus. So I'll, I'll say like September, October, what our weeks look like is me, Matt, Lexi, Sarah. We're trying to meet as many people who have any spiritual interest at all as possible. And so we're doing everything we can. We're giving out free food. We're going to the dorms. Uh, well, actually we can't leave dead because of COVID, but like we're going to the dining hall and like we're just trying to meet as many people as we can. And then we're second, we're trying to build really deep relationships. And we're trying to usually do that within like what we call like target groups. It's like a group on campus that is like centered around something like the friend group is that group. So like uh, a club sports team, a varsity sports team, a fraternity, fraternity? yeah, Yeah, fraternity, a sorority, Um, even things like the AU Democrats, AU Republicans, like where like their community, that is their community. If we can get into there and build relationships, um, I was just telling Matt today, like I ran into four guys today. I'm an advisor with a fraternity. I ran into four guys I haven't seen in a year and a half. And they all were like so excited to see me. And they were like, we should meet up. Oh my gosh. And like one guy I played softball with, like join our softball team. We're terrible. You know? <laughs> and I was like, wow. Like I literally. Do they know that you played college baseball? Yes, they did. That's why like, they, they literally haven't, I haven't talked to them in a year and a half. But like, because we're, because we are all like involved in these different groups, like we're a part of their group. And so we spend a lot of time building those relationships. And then the things that we're like kind of always doing, no matter the month, we are meeting up one-on-one and we're either getting to a point where we try to share the gospel, we are sharing the gospel, or we're meeting up consistently to like read the Bible. So I'd say like 30 to 50% of our weeks are just meeting to talk about Jesus or get to that point. Um, We spend time obviously in the normal stuff like Bible studies or a weekly meeting and preparing for those. But Especially like right now, it's like your weekly meeting is on Thursdays. Thursdays at Restoration Church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the meeting house. The meeting house of Restoration Church. <laughs> it would the be hard house. for it to meet at Restoration. Church yeah. The Restoration Church is a gathering of yes. God's people. Anyway, sorry. So that's like a, that's a normal week. And uh, if there are Christians in our ministry, we meet for discipling or counseling or just encouraging each other, reading the Bible. So we do a lot of one-on-one stuff, and we do a lot of like going to groups on campus and like spending time with them. That's where Matt's playing spike ball. Yes. So Matt's playing spike ball to meet people to share the gospel. I just have a funny. We could have said the most encouraging thing Owen for Owen was getting his intramural champ t-shirt that one year for softball. Slow pitch? Baseball? Slow pitch? 
He was intramural champ. Yeah, I gotta tell about that. He once was a D1 athlete. So I'm, I, I really, I really should fight my pride more. But like, I played in a softball league where I was by far the best player, yeah. and I hit a ton of home runs. Yeah. And people thought I was like God's gift to the earth. Yeah. You're, and I, and, you're the Babe Ruth of American University. And you know, I, I might have, I might have used that to hopefully win some. people. Yeah. Hey, let's let's talk about Jesus now because Jesus people can be good at sports. Yes. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> To the untrained eye, it might look like I'm just playing spike ball every day, but little do they know, I'm doing the Lord. I'm, I'm doing the Lord's work out there. It might seem like I'm just having fun. This is also a, a recruitment podcast for Kim Tari. Yeah. Countless hours just slaving away on the spike ball. Anyway, um, I so I first think of goals. What is our goal? Well, it's to glorify God. But what's our secondary goal? Well, it's in our motto by building labor. So we want. Basically, Colossians 1, to present people mature in Christ. That's our aim. But how do we do that? Well, most people on campus, the 8,000 people you said before, are not Christians. And many, like, are not really regularly hearing the gospel. So we want to reach many students with the gospel, not just students that would come to a Bible study. So then, how are we, how are we actually going to do that? Well, we need to meet a lot of people, like I said, get into the cracks of the campus and go broad. So that's why we kind of, we don't think as much in weeks or days we probably think in like season so right now we're in the fall season this is the busiest time for us particularly the first month but then even like the first two months and so a week is going to look like we want to we want to like have effective hours on campus that's the way i think i want to have effective hours on campus so i don't want to just go around and walk around although sometimes i might do that to find where the social hubs where um, you know, just investigate the campus. But ideally, I want to spend good hours where I'm seeing people that I already know or I'm connecting in a significant way to people. So maybe that means I'm going to the dining hall, dining hall to just walk up to someone to talk to them. Or maybe I'm playing spike ball with guys, inviting people, trying to get people to come out and building relationships that way. So I want to spend good hours on the campus. And uh, so, so most of our day, uh, especially for me, I'm a, a younger, a newer staff, so my role is gonna be more focused on going broad, is I'm going to be on the campus, and then the rest of the time I'm gonna be like planning for those times. Yeah. So. Um, and you're probably spending time praying, right? And praying, yes. Like walking around the campus, Lord, bring somebody in, right? Yeah, and then, and then as, so, so if you think about it, like at the beginning, we're very broad, we might have a few one-on-ones, people who are very spiritually interested, and it'll kind of slowly shift the opposite direction. More and more one-on-ones, people, it'll go broader and broader. I mean, uh, it'll go more and more specific. It will kind of narrow down. We'll start going deeper and deeper. And the aim is to be sharing the gospel for Christians, to be discipling them, to be growing in their faith, getting them around church members. So that's kind of, if you think about the end, and then you could even see it in our events, more evangelistic at the beginning. By the end, we're doing a summer project for people who are Christians to like specifically grow a ton in their faith. Like, okay, you kind of see the kind of way we think. That brings us full circle back to Liberty University, who you do that with. Yes. All right, Sarah, we're, we're already over time here a little bit, but, uh, oh gosh. Yeah, so let's, uh, so really briefly, really briefly, Sarah, how do you do this with two little kiddos? Um, well, thankfully we live super close to the church. So that's been a huge, the reason we picked where we want to live is specifically so we can be really close to the campus. So all of our babysitters and meals are done in our in our home, and we get to share the gospel with um, girls coming over, which has been really a blessing. Sarah had two college students in our apartment three days after she gave birth. 
Yeah, so this doesn't surprise me about Sarah. I remember how I told you, like, when she was ready to be, give birth, uh -huh. and, like, she was getting frustrated that uh, Nora had not come yet. And I said, knowing your wife, she's probably at home, probably scheduling two or three people. She's right home. She's right now. That's what she's doing right now. Right now. Uh, okay, so, all right, so we've already gone too long, so listeners, please forgive me, but I'm going to ask two very brief questions. You guys have to be really brief on this. So uh, uh, I'll ask Matt you. How can Restoration Church help you guys in your work? And then, Owen, I'll ask you, how can we pray for you yep. in your work? Uh, and so, Matt, how can Restoration Church, how can the members of Restoration Church help you in your work? I have two thoughts. One, um, with students, especially if they come to church, we would love more than anything that you would get to know the students that have come to church. So don't just say, oh, you're a student, and just pawn them off to you. You want them yeah, to talk to them. Too, like, but also uh, get to know them, and we'd love for discipling relationships. If you're hungry to disciple, the disciple students on the campus. Invite them into your homes. Yeah, invite them Have into your homes. That would be, yeah, and work with us, like, yeah, hosting things. That would be great. Um, second thing for us, something we've, uh, is just relating to us as members, and I think uh, tension that we live in is that we, it's our job, but it's also not just a job. Like we, we acknowledge that it's not, we're in ministry, we're working with students. It's like, we're dealing with Christ every day. It's not just a job. So we're not gonna just give you one line, right? But we also have other things going on in our life. We wanna be growing in Christ and ourselves be growing in the church. So just realizing that balance, that's a hard balance. Like we're not saying everyone, will know what that means, but asking us about our ministry, sometimes not asking us about our ministry, just kind of living in both those things. Yeah, relating to you as persons, not your identity as not campus outreach worker, but you are brother or sister in Christ. Excellent two ways to help. And Owen, what's a, a way or two they can pray? Yeah, I just think like, there's a lot of hard things living in ministry. And I think for all of us, like you could just pray that we would, man, just have so much joy in the Lord, joy in Jesus. I mean, that's what's going to motivate and fuel us. I want to glorify him. So you can pray for that. Um, yeah, just pray for, I think like Matt said it, like just pray for good relationships within the church because that's, I, I think our, our greatest asset is this church and the members and the encouragement and just pray that we would just be able to flourish in our relationships. I think that's what we need. So pray that they would have joy in Christ. Pray also that they would have meaningful relationships with you listeners, those of you that are part of the membership of the Restoration Church, and that they would have fruitful relationships with those outside on the campus of American University. Sarah, anything else to add? That's it. All right. Adley, anything to add? No. She says no. Yeah, she's she's the no longer. The word is pineapple. So if we ask you if you watch it, <laughs> you can listen to it. And you can tell us pineapple. No, uh, listen to the end. Amen. <laughs> well, if if you are uh, if you're a member of Restoration Church, or even if you're not, you should know that one of the. Um, one of the financial and prayerful partners of Restoration Church is Campus Outreach. And so we share a parking lot quite literally with AU. And so we want to be meaningfully engaged in the mission of Christ on that campus. And so guys, thank you for your work. Thank you for all that you do. Lexi, we love you. And we wish that you were here and maybe another day we'll... She's in Disneyland. She has no kids. She's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so we missed you, Lexi. But uh, yeah, but uh, guys do seriously thank you for what you do. It's so important. We think about all the people. I've done so many membership interviews and the amount of people whose lives were significantly impacted through these years is so uh, many. And so thank you for what you do and the way that you uh, spread the glory of Christ in the campus of AU. And and facilitate life in our own church. All right, guys. Well, that is uh, just a brief little primer on campus outreach. If you have any other questions or you just want to get to know these guys a little more, please pull them aside. But make sure and relate to them, not just as CO workers. 
but also people that uh, like to eat food. What's your favorite food, Owen? Uh, steak. Wow. Okay, he just went there. And candy. And candy. All right, he can get. You can get candy. Uh, so uh, encourage them. Encourage them in the faith. All right, guys. God bless you. Uh, Restoration Church Life podcast exists to inform and inspire you as we make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. Thank you for how you do that, CEO. God bless you. Till next time. Till next time. Forty minutes.